Welcome to The Deciders with Renee Frazier. This is Renee Frazier, founder and CEO of Frazier Communications. We're the leading woman-owned and woman-led advertising and communications firm in Southern California. Welcome to our show, The Deciders. We feature leaders, change agents, people who bring us insights to help us grow and expand our businesses, as well as help us improve the impact we have on our community. You know, Los Angeles County is the second largest county in the United States, just behind New York City. We have over 10 million people and hundreds of thousands of small businesses. We are actually the small business capital of the United States. Uh, And we know how important as we grow our business, a chamber of commerce can be. Well, today we're going to drill down on that. We have a leader from our community who's advancing our regional economy and creating programs, helping all types of business develop and strengthen themselves. And the leader is Maria Salinas. Maria is the president and CEO of the Los Angeles Chamber of Commerce. Maria Salinas, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Now, I was so impressed when you stepped into this role, Maria. I have been a member of the chamber for, I've had my business a little over 20 years, and I think I've been a member of the chamber for at least 15 of those. And I have to say, based on what I've read and what I've experienced, you're the first woman president of the chamber. Uh, Tell me a little bit about why you took the job and how this happened. Yes, uh, I am the first woman in the chamber's 133-year history. Uh, also the first Latina to head up uh, such an important organization uh, like the Chamber. Um, I I have to admit, I was not looking for a new opportunity. I was running my own business. I've, you know, I'm a CPA by background, by training, and uh, definitely had run my own uh, consultancy agency. I was serving on the board of a community bank and serving on several nonprofit organizations here in Los Angeles. So I had a full plate and wasn't thinking of a career change. Uh, When the opportunity came, um, I had a meeting and, uh, you know, was still not really convinced that it was something for me. But as I looked closer, I really reflected on my experience in Los Angeles, you know, growing up as a daughter of immigrants, um, working in different parts of the region, going to school here. Um, and all of those experiences really gave me an appreciation for Los Angeles and all the great things that Los Angeles is. The richness of its diversity of its people and industries and cultures. And uh, I loved everything. I love everything about uh, being here in Los Angeles. So after really thinking it through, I felt like the chamber needed me. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of funny to say that, but I really felt that, you know, the chamber was at uh, very well positioned uh, to move into the next chapter of embracing new emerging industries, uh, of embracing the, the different business communities that were thriving whether it was in South Central Los Angeles or East L.A. or up in the Valley. Um, I got to know many of those businesses because of my work with uh, serving on the board of a community bank. And, And I didn't see them at the chamber. So I thought, what a great opportunity 
to have the LA Chamber truly reflect all the diversity that is represented here in Los Angeles. So that's what inspired me, uh, motivated me to uh, really pursue it. And I couldn't be more pleased to be at the helm of this organization. I'm, I'm delighted that you did it, Maria. We have seen a change. I, I will say that from my own perspective and, and colleagues of mine in our mid and small sized businesses, there's a perception that the chamber is for the big companies. You know, right. there'll be advocacy and opportunities. And, uh, and, and I see that that's changing. I mean, uh, can you give me two examples of how you think your leadership has changed the chamber? Well, well, I definitely think I think to the point that you just mentioned, you're absolutely right. And to this day, I mean, we still uh, are trying to dispel the notion that, no, we're not just about the large businesses. Uh, I think um, the fact that we have a whole department dedicated to small businesses called entrepreneurship and innovation. It's just not for small businesses and entrepreneurs, but we also very much support the startup community, which we know is a very thriving uh, uh, sector here in Los Angeles. Um, I think the creation of that department to ensure that we're providing resources and information and technical assistance. A lot of times the technical assistance that small businesses need just take them over that hump that they may be experiencing, whether it's in how to obtain a grant, a loan, or how to you know, uh, have a digital presence, for example. Right. Right. So th- that is definitely something that, that uh, has been very important for me uh, coming from a small business community myself. Uh, the second point, I think, is really understanding uh, the diversity, equity, and inclusion component that is centered um, that is key for organizations, whether they're a business, an educational institution, a nonprofit institution. We have seen over the last year how really courageous conversations around DEI have just taken the center uh, point here in uh, many uh, in many issues that we're facing. Racial injustice, you know, it is a business issue. If we don't have a a a healthy community that feels that they're valued and that they're being included, that makes it difficult for them, um, for individuals to work within their own organizations. That's right. That's right. Those are are really important things. I agree. And I had the opportunity to sit through a a session that the chamber had around courageous conversations a panel of, I believe it was three men, black men, talking about their experiences in their careers. And these were men that we all knew, uh, illustrious in their, own, in their own right as members of the board. But when they told their backstory uh, and the prejudice and the microaggressions and the major aggressions, you know, being pulled over in their cars, you began to understand how this is endemic. It's built in to the way we operate, even in Los Angeles, which is a more progressive area. And that, that, that's what their, your workforce has experienced. So it, it opened, I think, people's eyes to understanding. And I commend the chamber because it wasn't about numbers and dollars and cents. It was about humanity. And, uh, and I think it meant, uh, it meant a lot to uh, the, uh, the people that were listening. And I know that they ended up changing their DEI practices and their own uh, recognition of unconscious bias as a result of it. 
that was one of the most interesting, um, you know, points for the chamber to bring those conversations forward where leaders, key leaders were looking and, and saying, I thought I understood. I thought I knew this. I thought we were working it in the right direction, but there's still a lot that I need to learn. And just that recognition alone to make leaders, business leaders stronger and better through understanding the experiences of others that may not have grown up like them was a tremendous value, I believe, that uh, the chamber launched into last year. Definitely agree. I'd like to I'd like to talk more about small business and and from my own personal perspective. One of the um, I run an advertising and marketing firm, as you know, and one of the important uh, hurdles I overcame that helped me grow my business was the ability to fill out uh, RFPs for government entities. We did it for Metropolitan Water District for the gas company, and just for folks that are listening, these are three year contracts with good revenue. There's procedures in place and there's insurance and documentation. And the the experience of completing those forms can be daunting. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about technical assistance, it's assistance in even understanding how to do those. Uh, Absolutely. And and uh, Renee, I can tell you that small business and building up the capacity of small businesses has been just a cornerstone at the chamber and a personal passion of mine. Because I believe that when a small business can secure those contracts, like you said, many of them could be multi-year contracts, that changes the economic model for that business. You have secured revenue. Uh, We have a program called 1LA where we train small businesses to go through that RFP process to ensure that they have everything Uh, ready to go so that they're what we call contract ready. So that when those opportunities come, they're prepared, they know what is required of them. That's great. The other thing that I think the chamber has is that because we have such a broad coalition of members and partners with a lot of those public agencies, all the public agencies that you just mentioned and others, that we have brought them to the table and said, We've got this cohort that we're training that will graduate to a matchmaking process. You know, what do you have available for them to bid on? So I think the power of the chamber to not only help small businesses and, and mind you, they don't need to be members of the chamber. These are small businesses in Los Angeles and to have to be able to bring our members and our coalition partners to say, here's um, introductions and this matchmaking opportunity. I think that makes a big difference. In our first year of running our cohort, um, we had over 20 small businesses that secured uh, just over 10 million in contracts. Oh, that's fantastic. So it was, was, it's an absolutely wonderful program. And, you know, really the vision for us in doing this is that, We know the Olympics are coming. We know all these other sporting events are coming in a couple of years, uh, some right around the corner. We want to make sure that our small businesses are ready for those contracts, that they're and and one way is to prepare them today. Yes, they have. You know, they understand those systems so that by the time the Olympics come around, 
They're an experienced company in the contracting space. That's a really, really good point, Maria. It's 2028, when we have the Olympics in Los Angeles, there will be enormous opportunities uh, leading up to that. And in many of these companies, there's a procurement department, and they are incentivized within the company to have a certain proportion of business allocated to small businesses. It doesn't mean it's a handout, but it's an opportunity for you. And when you prove yourself, they renew and they renew. And I can say in my own particular case, millions of dollars, these contracts. And and to your, your point also, I, I want our listeners and small businesses to know that it's not easy the first time around. So don't wait until you get one for the Olympics in 2028. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, there's a lot of paperwork. Oh, we have to follow these rules. You, you, you want to get them early. So you are well experienced and you've got a reputation for doing these. And it's not such a traumatic experience filling those out. And, and, that, and that was the thinking that we need to have a pool of small businesses that are ready to go. So when the Olympics come around and they're saying we need contractors for promotional products, for plumbing, for, you know, you name it, you know, we will need it all, um, that they're already experienced in the contracting space. I I think that's wonderful. And then, you know, what what, uh, is part of this is becoming a sub under a prime. So, you know, when you mentioned some of the large companies, they also are looking to bring in women-owned, minority-owned companies uh, as part of their team, their coalition, so that when they, they bid, they get points for uh, uh, opening it up, right? And that's another part of the opportunities. Uh, absolutely. And I think there's another aspect to this, looking at it from the policy perspective. And, and definitely what the chamber has advocated uh, with our you know, governmental agencies and anyone who will listen is that you know, if we really want to emerge from this economy and support our small business, then let's source local. Right, let's right designate those dollars for those small businesses that are in our communities that need to um, make sure that they recover with your purchasing dollars that you're already going to expend anyway. Anyway, exactly. Direct them to these businesses. Now, I know another thing that you're focused on is entrepreneurship in the technology arena and startups. As LA is a great place for startups. I, I talk about Los Angeles as a place to rediscover yourself, to reposition yourself, to redefine who you are. Uh, it's very much an opportunity to, to be, to start fresh and obviously startups. There are many, many, many of them. I, you have a program called Plug and Play. Tell us about that. Yes. Yeah, so Plug and Play is actually an organization that is a global organization that works within uh, major cities uh, to really build out the ecosystem for startups. And we just launched it, our partnership with Plug and Play, I want to say just about uh, three months ago now. Uh, but the chamber has support, been supporting the startup community for many years. Uh, but this was an opportunity for us to be part of a broader ecosystem of startups. Uh, we launched it with some of our members, our large corporate members that are always looking for those innovators that are creating new ideas, new new ways in which they can use, um, you know, the, they can use the businesses in, within their own uh, infrastructure. And um, so we were able to bring our members uh, to this uh, convening to launch this. And this I have to say, I was so pleased to see so many startups 
join us for that event. Um, every, everything from someone who's just starting out with their dream of what they're building, of what they're working on, uh, to others that are more advanced in their stage of development. And to know that the chamber is here to support them, I hope was something they walked away with, feeling that that they've got the support of the business community to really see them thrive here in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is a great place for innovators and creators. And uh, to be part of that network is very important to us. I like that a lot. I like the fact that the, uh, uh, you know, that the chamber is a convener, but also a connector. Is this a plug and play a program that will be ongoing for the chamber? And can people find out about it on the website? Yes, absolutely. Our website is lachamber.com. All of this is under our small business department, which is called the Entrepreneurship and Innovation. So that's the innovation piece of of, uh, what we do within that department. That makes so much sense. I think there's a a rich uh, supply of opportunities and expertise and talent. Uh, And we got a call today from a health company that's a startup that uh, we're going to hopefully be working with. And uh, I'm always impressed with the, um, the zeal. You know, in this case, we, we as an agency try to do well by doing good. Yes. And uh, I look for companies that are doing the same thing. And, and this this firm is. But I think you see that in a lot of um, uh, the uh, technical startups, right? There's a, a positive benefit they're bringing. And, and often it's also even on the uh, on the donation side, right, or the community impact side. I, I know that community impact is another thing that you focus on. Mm-hmm. You've been looking at, obviously, the homelessness issue, uh, the advocacy work is helping businesses, but also helping uh, the uh, workers, the people thrive in the organization. Talk a little bit about what the chamber does related to community and outreach. Yeah, definitely. You know, when we think about Los Angeles, you know, what one of the chamber's vision is a thriving region for all. And uh, that was a vision that we adopted about two years ago. And I really think it speaks to the heart and soul of the L.A. Chamber. Um, And when we think about the pressing issues that we have, whether it's homelessness or the affordability crisis that we have in housing, um, the uh, access to education, um, you know, the the need to look at uh, ensure we have um, a good uh, trained workforce. Those are all issues that the chamber engages in from a public policy perspective. We are blessed that we have partners through our higher ed systems that um, help us think through some of these problems, whether they're in education and having uh, access and a a good uh, trained workforce, um, or leaders that are in the housing space that are helping us think through, you know, what's the right solution for homelessness? That's something that it's a very complex problem here in Los Angeles. And it's not a, you know, one solution and, and we're done. But knowing that organizations like the Chamber can be part of coalitions that can be part of advocacy efforts to ensure that we are keeping issues like that front and center right. is uh, another very important thing for the organization. Yeah, I think that um, in my experience, these issues are so um, uh, intertwined and complex. When I sat on the United Way board, I saw that in particularly related to homelessness and uh, as part of the 
uh, uh, homelessness task force to try to reduce it. And it, it's not easy. And from the outside, it's like, well, we have a lot of money. Why can't we just solve it? But uh, needless to say, there's multiple solutions. And we see, you know, the uh, uh, offering of RVs, the tents, because there's just not enough housing to move people into. And we had the key program where people could be moved into hotels during COVID-19 when the hotels were empty. So we've been doing micro solutions. And I believe at the state level, uh, there's over 200,000 people who are experiencing homelessness and 40,000 got moved into housing. But you know, it's not 200,000. So we still have it. Are there are there specific initiatives that the chamber is endorsing or a part of uh, to reduce people experiencing homelessness? You know, one one of the things that um, we often speak about is where can the business community lean in, and it's definitely with with regard to jobs. Yeah. You know, are there jobs that you know when when uh, folks are moved into the supportive housing or moved into um, some type of of shelter? Uh, there are services that are provided and that one of those services should be the connection to a job. So right. we, we have been, uh, you know, work closely with organizations, like you said, like the United Way and others where, um, you know, job, presenting jobs and creating jobs that go specifically to a homeless community is of great importance. The state just passed a homeless hiring tax credit. And it's something that we're working with LA County uh, to bring some of those, the awareness that businesses can take advantage of these tax credits uh, when they hire uh, homeless uh, persons into roles. Um, And we're working with the county because obviously the county um, has services where they know um, and they've identified uh, communities that are ready to take that on. I think it's great. Uh, you know, you you can't do it all alone, right? There has to be this kind of partnership uh, and working together. I, I I do know that the chamber has a lot of clout. If you've got an issue and and you're looking or to advocate for something, there's an opportunity to speak to the chamber, talk to people, find a way. And you have a number of specific groups. You have an advocacy group small business. Can you describe that just so people have an understanding of how do they enter? What are their access points? Yeah. And I think I would, I would classify it into three different areas. We have our small business work, which is run through our entrepreneurship and innovation department. We actually also have a global team at the chamber. You know, LA is home to over a hundred consulates from around the world. And so Uh, Your listeners should know that uh, there are several countries that do business here and have businesses that are actually organized here in uh, Los Angeles and very much looking to engage uh, with the business community. So we we help in making those connections as well. Um, But we also in the public policy space, we focus on (laughs) just about everything from uh, transportation to housing uh, to energy uh, technology uh, health care education these are all uh, policy areas that are important for our region to ensure that uh, we are you know have good systems in place to ensure that we have thriving communities 
and that uh, businesses, you know, can operate and grow jobs and, and innovate. And we do that through uh, policy work in, in those respective areas. And let me let me uh, mention my experience. So um, about uh, 15, 16 years ago, when I was really heavily into healthcare handling UCLA and then Cedar sinai I joined the Healthcare Policy Committee. It gave me an opportunity to understand the larger issues that were occurring. We were they were closing down uh, Martin Luther King mm-hmm. Hospital at the time and what that would mean for the other hospitals. It also put me at the table with potential clients. And so from a business owner perspective, if you want to start to connect to people, the chamber is a way to do it. And these committees are relatively high level. You're, you're meeting with people who are decision makers. So it's a great opportunity to network as well. I can't uh, stress that enough, that the chamber is a place to connect, uh, to convene, uh, to to lead. You know, you, you want to help us lead an issue that is of importance. Um, you know, we, we have that space for being able to do that. Connecting with leaders across Los Angeles, you know, that's something we can do here at the chamber as well. And convening, we are always convening you know, uh, a diverse thinking in trying to solve some of these issues. I like that. I, I think, Maria, it's, in my world, it's kind of a new chamber. And uh, <laughs> we're, we're in a new era. I think everyone has realized just coming out of COVID, we're never returning to what we had. You have to reimagine who you are as a company, what the reality is for your employees, and even who your connectors are. And obviously, LA Chamber is one of those connectors. I love connect, convene, and, and opportunities to lead. Thank you, Maria Salinas. You've been a wonderful uh, person on uh, for our show. I've learned a great deal. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. So that was Maria Salinas, the president of the LA Chamber, the first woman in their over 100-year history. And she's really made strides for entrepreneurship, for innovation with a program called Plug and Play and the entrepreneurship program to help you gain access to business opportunities and large grants and RFPs. Thank you for spending time with us on The Deciders with our tips and our insights here for growing your business and strengthening your impact in the community. You can hear our podcast anytime. Find them on our website at FraserCommunications.com and on any podcast channel you utilize. As you know, Fraser is a full-service advertising communications firm. Check us out at our website. Thank you for listening to The Deciders. Have a wonderful week ahead. We'll see you next week on The Deciders with Renee Fraser.